The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. This is your host, Drew Butler, and I am joined by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, it's NFL Combine Week. We are here to break it down for everybody. We're going to tell everyone who the top SEC prospects are. We're going to get into a little quarterback breakdown, Aaron. I need your expertise on who the best quarterbacks are in this draft because it is heavy, and it seems like the first round will be active. And then you and I are just going to talk about the priority for teams during the combine. We both went to the combine. We know what these guys are going to go through. We know what to expect from the other side of the aisle. So why turn on ESPN? Why turn on NFL Network? Fox Sports, when you can come right here to the Punt and Pass podcast and understand what really is going on in Indianapolis. So let's dive right into it, Aaron. I sent you the show notes. I sent you the show breakdown. And not surprisingly, there's a ton of SEC football players projected in the first round of this year's NFL draft. Yeah, it's not surprising. It's it's. It's something we've seen for a long time. I think we're going to see for even longer uh, the way these teams go out there and produce. And it it starts with the coaching. You know, you can have great talent out of high school, but if you don't have the right coaches that are going to drill you, that's going to put you in the right situation, that's going to develop you not only on the field, but off the field, because so much of this nowadays is draft. So much of the talk with these scouts is not only what, you know, the, the, the passing yards, the rushing yards, the sacks, the tackles, the interceptions, are you staying out of trouble? Yep. Are you getting good grades? Are you not in the headlines for the wrong reasons? They, they don't want to invest, you know, $20 million in you, $50 million, whatever it may be. They're not going to make you the face of the franchise. If the, in the back of their minds, there's like, okay, we're going to have to babysit this kid. There's a chance he may get in trouble. There's a chance he may get suspended. It's way too much money. It's way too much effort to, uh, to own these teams, to run these teams, to coach these teams, to have to worry about these kids off the football field. So that's why this combine, it's not just the, you know, the underwear test, the walking on stage yeah. and how pretty these guys look. It's not about going out there and run the 40. It's not about the cone drill, the L drill. A lot of it's these meetings, these first couple of days where they're sitting down with these kids, asking them the tough questions, not just X's and O's, but Hey, why did you get arrested here? 
why are you, why were you uh, suspended for marijuana or this or that, you know, really see the personality of these guys and make sure they're fit not only on the football field, but off the football field as well. Yeah, no question. And depending where a team is slotted to pick in the first, I'll say two rounds, but mostly the first round of the draft, right? The Falcons are at 26. The Browns are at one and five. You understand you have a good idea of four to five players who are going to be available when you are going to pick in the first round. Now, based on needs, uh, based on if you're going to go on best available player, you're going to zero in on those four to five guys. And like you said, Aaron, get into what really matters when you're about to invest 20 to $30 million in a 21 or 20-year-old kid and the funny thing is is when you get in these re- these meetings right when the door closes and you're sitting at a table with the general manager the pro personnel director the college personnel director and some scouts they're going to ask you a bunch of questions and the funny thing is Aaron they know the answer to every single one of them so are you telling the truth are you dodging the truth what is going on right they're going to talk to your academic advisors. They're going to talk to some of your teachers. They're going to come through all of your social media. This is where they get to find out who the person is to match up with the football player. So it's an important time for a lot of guys because it's it's a make or break type of thing. And when you look at the first 15 picks, Aaron, I, I scroll through a Todd McShay mock draft. I scroll through a Mel Kuyper mock draft. I mean, it is hashtag mock draft season and the two unanimous guys that are in the top 15 of every mock draft are two of my favorite players from last season and that of course is Minka Fitzpatrick the safety from Alabama who won just about every defensive player of the year award and Roquan Smith the linebacker from Georgia who is named the nation's top linebacker just last season these two guys are program changers these two guys can make a huge difference day one, and they're going to get paid a lot of money for good reason. Yeah, it's pretty diverse uh, top 10 when it comes to uh, kind of all over the place for conferences for college football. I mean, you got Big 12, you got Big 10, ACC, SEC, Pac-12. I mean, kind of pretty all over the board. But th- those two you named right there, I mean, obviously – the thought is obviously defenses win championships yeah. and then in, in a draft, you know, you want to go after some great defensive players. You want to go after quarterbacks and, and right now and it's been for a while now, obviously sec quarterbacks, honestly, there hasn't been many two first round pick sec quarterbacks. Well, if you look a at lot it, of this is going out of the conference. If you look at it, there's really not a lot of sec quarterbacks in the NFL outside of the nope. Manning brothers. I mean, it's more of a big got, 10 big Stafford, 12 Mac yes, type pack. Yeah, Twelve, absolutely. So that, you know, these first, you know, usually the top five, there's a reason you're you're needy. It's one most likely because you need a quarterback. Yeah. So you're gonna see some quarterbacks go and and I think it always always amazes me the the you know what teams will do to get a quarterback even if they're decent not even a great quarterback maybe they need a few years development to even maybe have a chance to be a a, a pretty good quarterback in the NFL they will do incredible things whether oh, yeah. trading moving up all this stuff to get these guys so uh, those really the it shocks me, honestly. And, and we can see it again this year because I don't think there's a lot of talent at quarterback. I think there's a lot of guys. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good football players that maybe could be middle of the road quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe could be really good backups, but they're going to be first round draft picks just because of the craze yeah. right now. The need. With 
the need for quarterbacks in the league. And when I told these teams, listen, I'm a free agent, call me if you yeah. need someone. No, uh, it's going to be a crazy day. It's good. But going back to your top two guys in the sec, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, unbelievable safety. And then Roquan at linebacker, they have him going. I believe a lot of people talking about the Raiders Roquan going to Oakland, yep. going to the Raiders. What's going to be interesting for me, John Gruden, yeah. offensive mind, his first draft in a long time. Who's his does defensive wanna, coordinator? Does he want to go defense? I think he wants to go offense in my mind. I, top of my head, I do not know off the top of my head who the, who he signed as his defensive coordinator, but I kind of feel like he's going to want a big splash offensively to show that he still has that magic on offense with another you know receiver uh, type player. No, you're totally right. I mean, John Gruden loves John Gruden. There's no doubt about that. And now that he's calling the shots, you would imagine that he wants a guy who he will be able to, I wouldn't say boss around, but to tab as his guy. Right, Aaron? I mean, that's what makes the most sense. Uh, but they, need, like Paul they do need defense. Yes, yeah, so Paul, Paul Gunther is the defensive coordinator for the Raiders now. He came from the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals had a great linebacking core. I mean, they had guys like Vontez Burfick. They had guys like Ray Maluga. Um, so Paul Gunther knows the importance of having a guy who could cover sideline to sideline. And just like a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, Aaron, these are plug-and-play guys. These are dudes who are going to make an impact right off the bat. And when you're investing that top 10 pick, you need them to perform at a high level to make that positive impact right off the bat. Some other players, Aaron, Calvin Ridley, the Alabama wide receiver, top 15, top end of the first round projection. Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia, he is sneaking into some first round projections as well. Then you got the usual suspects, Rashawn Evans, Alabama's linebacker, Dayron Payne, Alabama's defensive tackle. I'm seeing a trend here, Aaron. The trend is a lot of Alabama in Georgia guys being projected as first round draft picks in the NFL. And it's funny because a year ago, a team like Georgia, hell, they only had one player go to the combine. It was Isaiah McKenzie. I think he was the only Georgia player drafted just a year ago. So it goes to show if you're good and you perform at a high level in the SEC, you're going to have a great chance to be drafted high in the NFL draft. But other ones, Christian Kirk, the playmaker from Texas A&M, the wide receiver, I saw him projected in the first round. Hayden well, Hurst, the South Carolina 10 in. That's a big end. one for me right there, Hayden Hurst, because yes. watching him last year, uh, obviously, they're, they're, when, when Debo Samuel went down, kind of a lot of focus, and we got to stop this guy. We got to stop this guy. He's so athletic. And I saw him taking reverses, obviously catching the ball down the field. I mean, he is what you want from a tight end, a guy that uh, he might not have had the numbers last year just because South Carolina's offense wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, but I, I think he's the type of tight end that all these teams love nowadays, uh, someone that you could put in the slot, motion, move all over the place get that one-on-one mashup with yeah. a linebacker with a safety. And, and I tell you what, every quarterback in today, all these top quarterbacks, what do they have? They have a top tight end. Hell yeah. Every single do. one, all of them have a top because you got Gronkowski, all, Travis Kelsey, all about the matchups. Yeah. That's all it is. What, what can I do matchup wise to get a one-on-one, whether it's a Kyle linebacker, Rudolph, whether it's a safety, Zachary, whatever it is, it's yeah. not always about going outside. So, you know, a guy like Kane Hurst is going to make an impact from day one just because they're going to find creative ways to get him the football. Okay, so we're recording from Atlanta right now. Hayden Hurst, a lower first-round projection. Falcons needing that mismatch tight end to exploit the linebackers in that second level of defense. Maybe Atlanta. I, would, I don't know if the Falcons' most pressing need is a playmaker at tight end. 
Sure, they could use one, but they probably need to go offensive guard or defensive tackle because, as you know, Aaron, if you're not going quarterback, you've got to bolster the lines of scrimmage. That is by far the most important thing well, after I having see, quarterback. Yeah, if, you, if, if the Falcons want to go offensive line, uh, I think Isaiah Wynn's going to be there, a guy who had a Dimitrov tremendous— won't pick a Georgia guy. He's Tremendous, that. tremendous— Senior, senior bowl. bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, just absolutely crushed the senior bowl. And I know he played a lot of tackle, but obviously he is not a tackle. He measured in just under six, three. So he is a guard. He will be a guard in the NFL. And I think he'll be a very, very good football player. He's proven it. Yep. He proved it. The senior bowl going to get going against some of the best guys in the country in that game. And I, I'm guaranteeing you he'll probably have a great, great combine and a great pro day. So I could see him going if they want to go offensive line, he'll be one of the first ones taken, especially may not obviously tackles go a little earlier guards kind of go uh, towards the middle to end of the first round. So he'll be one of the first guards taken. Yeah, there's no question about it. And you and I are going to dive a lot more into draft projections and where we see some of these guys going in a couple episodes when the draft comes around later on this spring. But some more names here, Taven Bryan, the Florida defensive tackle, Dante Jackson, the DB from LSU, we're not even getting into some of these running backs. Now, those guys are projected in the first round. Some first to second round projections. Now, listen to these running backs, Aaron. Okay, A lot of people are talking about Saquon Barkley, and I'm going to ask you about him later on in this episode. But I'm just going to name some running backs right here. All right, Darius Geis from LSU. Carrion Johnson from Auburn. Cameron Petway from Auburn. Bo Scarborough from Alabama. Don't forget about Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb from Georgia. This is such a deep, deep draft at the running back position, and a lot of them are coming out of the SEC. It'll be really fun to watch where those guys end up if they do start the trend in the first round, if it's more of a second-day type of thing. But, man, there's so much talent, and I just don't see the type of talent discrepancy and you can tell me I'm an idiot between a guy like Saquon Barkley and a guy like a Sony Michelle or a carry on Johnson I'm just talking about running back I know how explosive and athletic a guy like Saquon is who can catch the ball and get in the special teams return game strictly running back it's deep here man and I feel like you could really find a diamond in the rough and not have to reach into the top five. Oh, I completely agree you don't have to reach for a running back in this class right now I think a lot of teams would be extremely excited if they say, if they got a Sony Michelle in the second, yeah. third round. If Sony drops a third round, I will be flabbergasted Steel because that, I mean draft. that, that is an happen, unbelievable. Yeah, no, happen. it won't happen. He has to go. I, there is a there is a possibility a team may sneak in and get him late first round. But I agree with that. he's just too talented. You can put him in the return game as well. You can put him at running back. You can put him at receiver. But I do honestly think, you know, and Saquon. Obviously, he started the year off really hot. He kind of got a little cold towards the end, and I think that's because teams were just lowing the box on him and, and just trying to you know stop the run against Penn State. They weren't as balanced of an offense, but he's special. He's yeah. a special football player. I don't think he's head over heels. If we had to go on like a, a scale of 10, you know, 1 to 10, 10 being the best, and if, say, you gave Saquon a 9, I'm putting those other guys like Sony at maybe an 8, yeah, 8, 5. I, I totally agree It's right you. there. And, and you're saying you're able to spend a, a draft pick on something else in the first round and then grab a Sony, grab a carry on, grab a uh, Nick Chubb. I see Nick going third, fourth. Yes. I think the injuries, he's definitely maybe a second, fourth, second day guy for sure. The injuries. I, he is a heart of gold. He's a heck of a runner. He's a strong kid, powerful kid. But 
when you start talking about running backs, the beating they get, especially when, when it comes to knees, uh, that's going to scare a lot of guys, especially, uh, he's a role know, player in the NFL and he knows yeah. that. And it'll and be, yeah, that. I think he can play that. a He'll long make time a great living. If he stays healthy, I think he can play a long time in the NFL, but like you alluded to, this is going to, it's, it's, it's all a domino effect. If, if a couple get taken early, yes. then all of a sudden all these GMs and, and scouts are like, Oh my God, you we know, we better go. pick we one go. now or we're going to get in trouble. We're going to get in trouble. But all of a sudden, if, if all of a sudden you go in the second round, and no one's really focused on running backs. Maybe they're focused on defense. Maybe they're focused on offensive line. Whatever it is, all of a sudden that trickles down because teams aren't as worried. I remember my my year uh, in the draft. A lot of quarterbacks, similar to this year, a lot of quarterbacks. A few were taken in in the first round, and after that, it kind of cooled off a little. Who bit. was the top quarterback in fourteen? Uh, Blake Bortles. Bortles. So we had a few taken in the first round, and all of a sudden it got really cold. Yep. And then all of a sudden teams were like, hey, there's about five or six quarterbacks. No one's even taken one of them yet, so let's focus on something else right now. Yeah, can be the same thing this year for both those positions the quarterback position and the running back position. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and if you don't go for a quarterback, we talked about getting towards that line of scrimmage and maybe getting after the quarterback. A couple of edge rushers are available Jeff Holland from Auburn, Davin Bellamy from Georgia, Lorenzo Carter from Georgia, interior Deshaun Hand from Alabama. It's loaded. There's a lot of SEC guys that should not be a surprise to anyone, especially those who listen to the Punt and Pass podcast. So we are excited to continue to break down all of this as the draft gets closer, pro days get closer. We'll have it right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. Speaking of Punt and Pass, Aaron, we got to break down these quarterbacks, man, because you look at a mock draft and there's four to five quarterbacks being taken in the top 12 Picks. I think you and I are kind of on the same page here. I am not blown away by any of these guys. And look, I watch the tape. I've watched the games. And I'm sitting there going, really? Number one overall? Number four overall? They're desperate. Ten? I know. It's crazy. And that's just what the league looks like right now. And those lesser teams, the teams picking in the top ten, need a quarterback. So let's look at the choices that they have. The first round, these top 15 picks will be loaded with quarterbacks. I want you to tell me who you think is the best prospect. I want you to tell me who you think will be ready to play and start on week one. And then I want you to tell me who you'd pick with the first overall choice. The picks are, and the quarterbacks are, your boy Josh Allen from Wyoming, Sam Darnold from Southern Cal, Josh Rosen from UCLA, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, and Lamar Jackson from Louisville. I also threw Mason Rudolph in there from Oklahoma State, Luke Falk from Washington State, but those guys are going to be second round, maybe late first if some crazy stuff happens. But let's break it down a little bit. Talk to me about who you think is the best, who will be ready to start week one, and who you would choose. I tell you what, like you said, and like we've been talking about, it is a quarterback hungry league right now. And these teams are going to do some crazy stuff in order just to get a guy. And I hate the word potential, but it's potential. They look at these guys like Josh Allen and and all this talk. He's the strongest arm since Jamarcus Russell. Well, who cares? How long was Jamarcus Russell in the league? That's so so stupid. I know. I know. The best thing I've ever seen in my life. The kid can stand on, sit on one knee and throw a ball 45 yards. I mean, there's a ton of guys. I can find some guy on the side of the street who can do that. It's not about who can throw the ball farthest. Who's not about who can throw the ball the hardest. 
first off, these these receivers, they want quarterbacks that can throw a catchable football. Absolutely. If you're throwing a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, receivers don't want to catch the dang thing. Hell no. They're going to break they their don't fingers. Want, they're going to break their fingers. They're going to knock them in the head. It's going to be tipped up. It's going to be an interception. They want catchable footballs. And I hate when all these scouts, oh, did you see how hard he throw it? You see how hard he throw it? I gave it to you that first day in practice. The, the, whoever the veteran receiver is for whatever team it's going to be is going to go up to the quarterback. Say, hey, bro. Tell him to take it down a couple of notches. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got drafted in the first round. Congratulations. Now take it take it down about 10 miles per hour and give me a ball in my chest that I can catch Absolutely, and make a play with it. Absolutely, dude. It's not about this big arm. So that's what it frustrates me about a guy like Josh Allen. And I do think he's talented. I think he can make all hey, the throws. You throw. can't doubt his talent. Can't doubt his talent, but he's just he's not accurate. I don't I you can't teach accuracy. If you can't complete fifty-eight percent of your passes in college, what makes you think you can go to the NFL against better talent and complete sixty-three or percent or more on your passes, which you need to do in the NFL to be successful? So I just don't see him doing it, but somehow he'll jump in the top five because he has potential. This crazy word potential. But dude, a guy that I oh like and I think all these guys could have benefited from staying another year, the Sam Darnold, the Josh Rosen. I think those guys were a little bit turnover happy throughout the season this year. I think they could have stayed back, gotten a little bit more protective, or, you know, gotten better with protecting the football. Yeah. Would have helped them out pre- preparation for the NFL. But talent-wise, just pure arm talent, a guy who I think is effortless throwing, really like his mechanics. Uh, I got to go with Josh Rosen. I, 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 I think, agree. I think – I think one, he is a talent. Two, I think he has that little bit of that cocky edge. Yep. He's a little cocky. He can make all the throws. You need that. You need as a quarterback, you have to be a little bit in that cocky, confident, kind of bordering that. And I think he's right there where he feels like he can go in, compete from day one. I think Sam Donald's very good. I think he could have benefited tremendously from staying for another football year, but he's another guy. I think you you sit him for a year. You let him learn, develop, and then year two, I think he could be a very good football player. And then my dark horse, and Baker, guy, I, your boy, not Baker. No, I like Lamar? Baker. Nope, Lamar should not be Lamar really. All right, wrong we'll, pick. Okay, okay. Mason Rudolph. I like okay. Mason Rudolph a lot. Good size, and and the thing I like about Mason, who I think he is the best footwork in the pocket of any quarterback in this draft. Extremely right important now. at the Extremely NFL level. When you turn on the film of him, he does a great job keeping a great base. His feet are good separation width apart. He moves around the pocket. He keeps his eyes down the field. He throws a great ball. Obviously, the hit on him is he's been a spread offense. He hasn't been under center a lot. But the majority of these guys, they, they play anywhere from 70 to 90% of the time in the gun anyways yeah. in college football. So it's going to be even so different pro, at the next level. Even these pro-style quarterbacks in college football still spend the majority of their time in the shotgun. So they all have a challenge when it comes to learning an NFL offense. But from just a fundamental standpoint, I really like Mason Rudolph. I'm, I like I'm that. disappointed he wasn't able to play in the senior bowl. He was hurt, I yeah. think, his foot or ankle. Um, but he will have a chance in the combine in his pro day to show these guys what he can do. But he, he's he's my dark horse a little bit. A guy I think maybe can jump into the late first round, early second round. I love hearing you talk about that because I doubt you'll find that anywhere else somebody hitching their wagon to a guy like Mason Rudolph. Again, you can't doubt his talent. There's no question the guy can sling it. He's got great footwork. If you look at a guy like Tom Brady, what does he do most? He works on his footwork. He puts the bands on, hashtag TV12 method, and he works on his footwork because every quarterback will tell you it starts from the ground 
up. If you don't have a good base, you can't deliver the ball and make all the throws all over the field. So coming from a guy like you, Aaron, I like that pick a lot. Okay, Josh Allen, you and I have talked about it a lot. I, I just, I'm not a believer yet. Okay, and, and, and that's probably fine by his standard. He's like, look, hate me all you want. He know, he knows he's going to go top 10. Let him prove it. He's from Wyoming. He doesn't have the statistics or the tape to justify a top 10 pick, but he has the measurables, so good on him. Here's what I'll say, all right? These guys are getting paid on potential alone, and the NFL is the only business in America that will reward you on potential because anybody who listens to this podcast who works in corporate America knows this Aaron in corporate America potential gets your ass fired people want to see results and they need to see results or else you're not going to be around long look if you don't meet your sales quota and your boss brings you in and said hey the numbers aren't matching up here and you say hey boss but I've got great potential with some accounts he's going to go uh, that ain't going to cut it. See you later. But in the NFL, hey, if you're 21 years old and got potential to throw the football, congratulations. Here's a four-year, $25 million deal. I do like Josh Rosen the most out of these top 10 guys. I think he throws a very catchable ball, something you just talked about. And he does. He kind of has that ignorant bliss. I'm not going to call him ignorant, but he almost seems oblivious to what's ahead of him that could play to his benefit if he is good enough and he gets in to the film room. The guy I question the most, though, Aaron, and, and it comes from his interviews that I've seen on TV, is Sam Darnold. I watch him on these interviews, and I'm like, he looks like he's got his head completely in the clouds. That won't fly in an NFL locker room. Your head coach is going to be up your ass. Your offensive coordinator is not going to trust you, and the guys around you will not have the type of faith in you that they need to. I love Baker Mayfield. I don't know how he'd fit in to an NFL pro-style offense getting under center for 95% of his snaps. And then Lamar Jackson, why not take a flyer on him? Why not a team? Yeah, but not a first round on Lamar. Okay, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a few I, first, I second round projections, but a lot yeah, of teams I saw that lower too, in I stopped, the draft. I stopped, I stopped reading the article as soon as I saw that. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I love it. I, I saw an article yes. that said Lamar Jackson is a first round draft pick. Yes. I got about a paragraph in and just stopped reading it. <laughs> okay, but I said, here. This, this article is not credible. I don't care who wrote this. Tell you me can't. this. Tell he's me this. Not, he's unbelievable talent. Probably one of the most talented individuals in this draft, but yes. he is not a first-round quarterback. Quarterback. He's not. Tell me this, though, okay? A lot of the teams who are perennial playoff teams, the teams who are picking lower in the first round, they don't have a lot of open spots on their rosters, right? It's not like they've got some glaring need. That's why they Listen, went 12 NFL to 14 agency, games. Every team, every team has I agree, but that need to be filled. I would not be shocked if there's a team late first round, early second round who has the ability to take the best player available and on their board, it might be Lamar Jackson. So that remains to be seen. I do like Mason Rudolph and I like him more after what you just told me. So, hey, we're going to continue to break this down. And I think we'll know a lot more after the combine. We're going to start hearing about Wonderlick scores and how these guys did in their interviews and how they throw. Do you think it matters that Sam Donald doesn't throw? I mean, I don't. Look, if a team likes yeah. him, they're going to go to L.A. and they're going to work him out and watch him throw 60 passes. And that's plenty. So if him and his agent said he doesn't want to throw, I don't care. But let's talk about the combine. You threw at the combine, right? No, I was hurt. Oh, I shit, went, I forgot. 
I got, I, I had an awful, never oh, be hurt going to the man. combine. man, I forgot about that, your knee. All you pretty much do is sit on a table and have every doctor just yes. jack your knee. My knee was so swollen by the end of those four days from oh. everyone just wanted to touch it, grab it. How does it feel? I'm like, well, it's been three months in surgery, so, you know, it'd be, probably be great if you're not jerking in the other direction. Um, so, yeah, but, but speaking yeah, about that, because you go into – it's this gigantic cattle call. So you do all your testing, your blood testing, EKG. Um, they completely poke and prod at you from a medical standpoint. But then, Aaron, as you well know, they take you into these conference rooms, and there is a representative from each NFL team there. And there's plenty of these conference rooms. It's not just one. But a couple of team doctors put you on a table, and everybody gets their laptops out, and, man, they just go to town on you. And they certainly had fun with that New Year's, right? Oh, they had fun. And it really is. It is a it's a show. It's unbelievable. I mean, from day one when you go in there and you strip down to your underwear and you, you get on the scale, they measure you, uh, height, weight. Then you literally are like a Victoria's Secret angel walking up and down. Yeah. <laughs> All these guys, you know, these grown men are just not me with my love handles. Like, I, I didn't look, look like at, that. Yeah, you, but it's <laughs> it's it's kind of disturbing. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so, uh, it's it's a it's an interesting process. It, it it has to happen though. I mean, yeah, like we've talked about, if you're gonna spend twenty million dollars on something, it's just like going to buy a brand new car. If you're gonna spend that kind of money, you're gonna pop the hood and see what's underneath of it. Absolutely, you know? dude. Then, you're gonna check and see. Do his knees feel good? Do his ankles feel good? Does his arm have good flexibility? They're going to put you through flexibility tests where they're going to have you put a bar over your head and see how far you can squat down. They want to know every little thing about how your body works because that's what they're investing in. They're investing in your body. They're investing in your mind. And if something's a little bit off and that can cost them money down the line, that can cost them sick, uh, you know, sales price for tickets or jerseys or anything, that goes in consideration. So they're not going to leave anything any stone unturned uh, when it comes to this combine, when it comes to this pro day. So unfortunately for me, the only thing I could really do was the medical stuff. Yeah. I did the interviews, went in, did all the interviews with all the coaches. Uh, on the football field during, you know, when the quarterbacks were up, I kind of grabbed a football on the side and would just throw the football around a little bit just to somewhat demonstrate as much arm strength as I could. But it's it's a fun time, though. It's fun to be around other great athletes. Yeah. As an athlete, you like being, you like surrounding yourself with other great athletes, guys that are determined, guys that are hungry, guys who are just cherishing that they have the ability to go to the NFL combine. Yeah. Because yeah. not everyone wants to go to the NFL combine. Everybody's you know? chasing the same thing. Everybody's so, chasing the same thing. It's, it's, uh, it is. It's really cool, Aaron. And the funny thing about the whole medical examination process is they'll find stuff that you didn't even know was wrong with you. I mean, you hear about guys finding out they have irregular heartbeats. Uh, obviously, I went through with the kickers, punters, and long snappers. One guy had like a partially torn hip labrum. He was out there kicking. He didn't even know it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens, and that's how in-depth it's mostly medical. It's mostly medical and psychological at the NFL Combine. If they like you, sure, they're going to watch you on the field, but if they really like you, they're going to come work you out privately or come to your pro day and get an up front look a funny story here i forgot who the kid was aaron but they ask you about everything have you ever broken a bone and when i say broke a bone i mean in sixth grade i was chasing stacy down the stairs and broke my leg like you have to put that stuff on there this one kid 
God, I forget who it was. He grew up on a farm, and he had to tell the doctors I was next to him that a horse had kicked him in the face when he was younger, and he had a broken orbital bone. So they had to take face x-rays of him because I guess he was standing behind a horse and caught a hoof in the face. But, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, that's what the combine is for. I don't know if that costs him not to get drafted or what, but I hope his orbital bone is okay. Any yeah, crazy say, questions I, you got it, it, during the interview processes? Do you I mean anybody listen, piss you it's, off it's, or it's make of, you feel it's uncomfortable? It's kind of funny at the end of the days because, you know, these these coaches, you know, yeah, they want to be serious for a little bit and ask you some tough questions, but a lot of times they'll, they'll want to joke around. Oh, you yeah. Know? And sometimes it's testing you and sometimes they just, like, want to relive their glory days from being back in college and playing football. They'll ask about, you know, hey, is that, you know, do you guys still go to this bar or that bar, yeah. you know? I heard you guys had some good looking girls at your school, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. You're like, I don't know if you're trying to trick me or if you're being serious here. Like, I don't know how to answer this, but a lot of times, like I said, they, they know what they want to ask you and they already know the, the, the answers 90% of the time, 95% of the time. Sometimes they just want to see if you're a good person, a good dude, someone that could be in the locker room and just be another one of the guys for sure. For so, sure. You know, if a guy, if a coach asks you, hey, do you drink alcohol? And you say no, they're like, really? Come on. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're totally, you know, you're, we're, you're not, we're not drafting you. We're not drafting you to say that, you know, you're never going to go out and have a drink or go out and be with the boys. We want you to be one of the boys. Yes. We want you to be a great teammate, have fun with the guys. But we also want to make sure that you're mature enough to handle yourself and be responsible when you do have fun. So, you know, just be who you are. Be honest. Uh, like you said, like I said, they, they know the answers already. They just want to hear that you are a sincere person. There's certainly a fraternal feeling to the NFL Combine, and when all these coaches and agents and scouts and players get under one big roof, that being Lucas Oil Stadium, it is a lot of fun. There's a bunch of testosterone flowing, and as we sit here and record this podcast at 8.40 p.m. on a Wednesday night, I can definitively tell you that every single coach and scout will be hitting the bars of Indianapolis within the next hour or so. I mean, these guys have a good time. They let loose. They get their work done. But it is a gigantic reunion. The, they're having fun. They're getting their work done. But, that I mean, that's what makes it what it is. The Combine is fun. It's, it's an honor to go there. But make no mistake about it. These guys are enjoying themselves uh, while they get their work done as well. So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, obviously, it's on – the NFL Network all weekend long. Uh, I'll be at a wedding in Charleston. Shout out Chandler Catanzaro, the free agent NFL kicker who played last year for the New York Jets. He's getting married, so check out my Instagram. We got golf lined up on Friday, Aaron, mm. just for you. And then um, we're going to party on down in the low country of South Carolina all day Saturday. So shout out Chandler and Mika. Yeah, good for you guys. I what are you doing? You got, a, you got a big Listen, I got a, I got a good time. My buddy Mitch Morse. Uh, center for the Kansas City Chiefs bachelor party. Ooh, hoo, hoo. New Orleans. Okay. All weekend. Okay. I'm a little scared. Where y'all staying? Oh, I don't know. We got some big Airbnb house. Yeah. I think there's like 17, 20 of us guys. So. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. So if anyone has any, um, so Saturday night is dressed like an, an a-hole night. I'm okay. so. So you have to just get an outrageous costume or outfit to wear. So I'm trying to just up and think down about the street. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to get some cargos, a pink polo. I'm going to pop the collar. I'm yes. going to get like a fake gold chain. We should, I'm going to oh, spike hey. my hair up. 
All we need to do is look through your recruiting pictures and just send you some pictures of what you yes. wore like as a senior in high school. Then you'll exactly. get right in. That'd be great. Yes, it's gonna be it'll be a good time. I'm just I got a seven AM flight back on Sunday morning. So Oh, why the hell would you ever do that? You gotta I wanna get home that. at like ten o'clock and I wanna yeah. go to sleep all day like, on Sunday. Like, rethink your life on Sunday. It's rethink my life on Sunday. So what you maybe should do is you go, should you I, should go to like Abercrombie and just buy an outfit from Abercrombie. Like open yeah, button go. down with a with a logo t shirt, puka shells, spiked hair, that whole thing. Oh God. That would be great. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're having a little I think we're just gonna hit up a the local Goodwill down the street and just get That's some smart. outrageous stuff. So That's smart. Well, all right, dude. Have so, a great weekend. Anything on the way out? No, like I said, you know, we said this this combine, you know, I'm gonna try to catch as much, especially when the quarterbacks are up. I'm For I'm sure. very interested to see these guys throw a football. It's tough because you're not throwing to receivers that you've pretty much ever thrown to in your life. So the timing's gonna be a little bit off. But for these guys, just trust it, let it rip. Uh, and, and it's, and like we said, it's an honor to be there. So just go out there and have a blast. And, and I'm excited to see what these guys could do. Yeah, me too. They don't, uh, televise the kicking and punting. They should, um, if they would have televised mine, it would have been a sight for all to see. Cause I crushed it. I did a little humble brag there. Combine was good to me. So good memories, but I'm going to catch as much of it also as I can. And I'm sure you and I, Aaron, will be able to recap that as we continue with our draft updates, pro day, progression, all that good stuff. We've got you covered right here on Punt and Pass. So thanks for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Punt and Pass. Aaron's at Aaron Murray 11 and I'm at Drew Butler 13. If you got any questions, holler at us. You know we'll answer. And keep it tuned in there because we will have updates for everything that we have planned for the next couple of weeks and months. So for Aaron, I'm Drew. This has been the Punt and Pass podcast. See you.